A cult is a group with practices or beliefs that outsiders think are strange. So I put a positive spin. Imagine if you can create a cult about having a purpose, prioritizing, being very clear, negotiating all expectations, and providing competent feedback. Episode 223, How to Improve Engagement, Priorities, Clarity, Focus, and accountability. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.8 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, we got the Certification Summit coming up. It's going to be here in a little Uh, What is it? 10 weeks? It's two months. Oh my gosh. It's two months away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am getting uh, so excited and uh, assignments are out. I'm posting another assignment to the attendees tomorrow. Uh, I had an agenda meeting, uh, two agenda meetings this week. Uh, I am taking a week long sabbatical in February to retire poolside uh, to a, to a place in Palm Springs where I'll put the final touches on the agenda. It's uh, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. All right. It's going to be a good time. And also some big news in this last week, number 11 on the leadership gurus list, global gurus list. Congratulations for that. How's it feel? Uh, How does it feel? It feels like there's 10 ahead of me. That's how it feels. (laughs) It's like I'm... I knew you'd be that competitive to say. It's it's like I'm slacking off. I mean, it's not like I'm... It's like I'm not working hard enough for something. Listen, the 30 gurus, uh, I I, I told you this a year ago when we had our first ever physical get-together. I fell in love with every one of these people. We agreed that we're not competitors, uh, that we're colleagues out to love one another and help one another. Uh, But still, you know, I I am a competitor. So I have to uh, uh, re-up my game because uh, I, I want to be in single digits next year. Uh, but listen, it's it's humbling and it's exciting. Uh, I've told you before, I normally don't like this type of a quote-unquote popularity contest where millions of people around the world vote. The only one that makes this one legitimate is uh, people can, you, you can invite your readers and your listeners to vote for you, but uh, they can only vote once from an IP address. So uh, uh, I, I just... I don't know. It's it's very humbling. Uh, the thirty, the world's thirty leadership gurus are assembling uh, for several days in May in uh, Bali, Indonesia, and I'm looking forward to being with them. So humbling and competitive. Fantastic. Yes, and competitive. And competitive. Well, we've got a year to figure out how to move up to number one. That's exactly right. <laughs> Our subject matter today it looks engaging. That's a good word to use when yes, we talk is. about this idea yes. of yes. overall, how to improve engagement, priorities, clarity, focus, and accountability. How did that start out for you? Uh, I am not going to belabor the point, but I will tell you that in the past several weeks, I have had uh, the world's worst customer service experiences with Best Buy CVS and Verizon. And I mean the worst. For example, I decided to upgrade to uh, uh, to an iPhone 11 Pro. Uh, it took six days, three store visits, 
32 emails and 14 forms. And I'm going, there is something wrong here. And the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. It was just horrible. And I, I was talking uh, in the Verizon store to all kinds of people who have been going through the exact same thing. I won't even get into Best Buy waiting seven weeks for a dishwasher that was promised in one week. I'm not going to go into the details. However, it became obvious to me in, in these real world, real time examples of just horrendous, embarrassingly bad customer service that the people I was dealing with were not engaged. They had zero clarity, zero focus, and zero accountability. And so uh, I decided that what I wanted to talk about today is how do you achieve those things? And uh, I've got five things I want to talk about uh, from my book, The High Speed Company. So uh, can I jump in? Please do. Okay. Well, the one thing that we will talk about uh, for the rest of the time we're doing this and it will come up all the time is it, it became obvious in all three of these cases that uh, nobody within these organizations was shooting at the exact same target. Uh, there is no purpose. They might have some declared mission someplace, but there is no shared purpose. And uh, and with, with, without purpose, you, you can never have a hope, never have a chance of getting everybody in the organization aligned and shooting at the exact same target, trying to achieve the exact same thing. So, so number one, it goes without saying that these organizations have no sense of purpose other than to sell as much as they could possibly sell today, provide short-term guidance to Wall Street, and hit that number in the hell with customer service or customer satisfaction. It's obviously not important to them. So a lack of purpose. So, so if you want to have alignment, if you want to have engagement, if you want to have focus, if you want to have clarity and accountability, the starting point is to make sure that everybody is shooting at the same target and trying to achieve the, the, the same thing. Number two, um, great companies who have clarity, focus, accountability, and engagement prioritize fanatically. They prioritize fanatically. I, it was Peter Drucker who said, first things first and second things not at all. Skip them. You just really don't need to get to them. And so you've got to be constantly working the list of what we're trying to do and saying, this is number one, this is number two, this is number three, the hell with anything else or with anything else for right now. Let's get these things done. Let's get them done. Let's master them. Clearly, those three organizations and many more like them, I mean, have not made customer service a priority. That's very, very obvious. In, in fact, um, there's an interesting man uh, uh, who, long before I was born, uh, Joseph Duran, uh, who wrote the book, The Quality Control Handbook. And his take, after studying thousands of companies, was his take on the 80-20 principle states that... And listen to this, 80% of the results of an organization are generated by 20% of the actions, and that 20% of the results occupy 80% of the time and activity. So if 20% of your actions are generating 80% of the results, why would you engage in the other 80% of activity and time that are yielding only 20% of the results? It's a case for prioritizing fanatically. And so um, great organizations, great leaders must ruthlessly prioritize by asking the question, what's really important? Let's do that and let's let the other stuff go. 
And finally, in the High Speed Company, I actually wrote about the bank, true story, that spent more time in planning meetings about their annual Christmas card for their customers than they did for their strategy for opening a brand new major market. So obviously, I mean, very bad priorities. Next, the next thing you have to do, number three, is be obsessive about clarity. And the only way you can be obsessive about clarity is by writing things down. Memorialize what's important. If you're going to say customer service is going to be important, write it down. Memorialize it. Make sure everyone in the organization knows it. Be seen as living it. Put the resources into it. You have to be absolutely obsessive about clarity. And I also talk about in the High Speed Company, a study by a a New York uh, University professor and organizational scientist, Dr. William Starbuck, and that is his real name. Uh, I actually spoke with him, Dr. William Starbuck, on the accuracy of managers' perceptions. And his study, his study of thousands of companies, concluded that six out of 10 managers are out of touch with what's really going on in the organization. And you know what they do? Because they don't know what's going on, they resort to folklore and BS when they don't know. But what happens is writing stuff down, memorializes, uh, memorializing something forces people to think. So be very, very wary of somebody shooting it from the hip because you're probably going to be getting folklore or BS. Ask them to write it down. If this is important, let's write it down. Number four, and I know we're going through these quickly today, but negotiate all expectations with your boss, with your team members, with your employees. Always negotiate the expectations and again, write them down. I mean, so I understand this is the objective. This is what we need to achieve. These are the resources. This is the time frame that we have to achieve this. Let's memorialize this. Let's write this down. I mean, so there's no second guessing or blame throwing at the end of the exercise. And then number five, and then I'll open it up to you, provide competent feedback. And this is simply not done in most organizations. And I always think of the, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. I, I, I think I may not have. Uh, despite having done 223 podcasts, um, it's, it's one of my, I, I, I'm, I'm not into a lot of games and team building uh, activities and stuff. Some of them are good, but uh, I love the toss the ball exercise because it, it really brings home the point of the importance of competent feedback. And so what you do is let's say you've got a dozen people in a meeting. So what you do is you break it up into three teams of four people. And uh, then uh, you're going to toss a ball. So the person tossing the ball is blindfolded. And then what you do is you place the wastebasket someplace, 10, 12 feet away, eight feet away, wherever you want to put it. Now here's, here's the exercise. Team one can't say a word. They just have to be mum. So the person who's blindfolded is just tossing the ball 10 times. And I mean, there's no advice, there's no guidance, there's no feedback. Team two can say, what is what is said in so many companies? Oh, you're doing good. Keep trying. Oh, we believe in you. But they can't give any specific guidance. Team three, on the other hand, can provide instructions and guidance to the left, a little higher, about one fifth further. And so let me ask you a question, Dale. 
<laughs> the answer is obvious. Which team is most likely to get the ball into the basket? That would be team three. That'd be team three. Okay. All right. Well, by the time you do this exercise, uh, you'll have a very clear insight into what type of feedback most managers and leaders provide. They either provide none or they provide this, oh, you're doing good. Keep trying. We believe in you. Or they give specific, competent feedback constantly. So now, so you've got those five things. Number one, uh, the importance of everybody shooting at the same target. Number two, prioritize fanatically. Number three, be obsessive about clarity. Number four, negotiate all expectations. Write this stuff down. And number five, provide competent feedback on an ongoing basis. Uh, In the next uh, 10 days, I am going to be with a company. I'm doing an opening keynote speech. And then I am doing uh, an additional couple of hours with them. They're breaking their uh, attendees, their leaders into teams. And we're going to drill deep into what I talk about in the keynote speech. And I will tell you, uh, until I do the event, I'm I'm not going to identify them. But they are a company that has um, gone from one tiny little location in British Columbia uh, into a thousand across North America and become a multi-billion dollar company on this journey of the last. And they're just a solid company. And I believe that they just actually epitomize all these things we talk about. I mean, they've got everybody shooting at the same target. They prioritize fanatically. They're obsessive, obsessive about clarity. They negotiate all expectations and they provide competent, constant feedback. And you know what happens uh, when that takes place? And this was the conclusion that I wrote about in, uh, in the book. You end up having a cult. You really end up with a cult. And what is a cult? Uh, a cult is a group with practices or beliefs that outsiders think are strange. So I put a positive spin. Imagine if you can create a cult about having a purpose, prioritizing, being very clear, um, uh, negotiating all expectations, and providing competent feedback. That's a cult that I'll stand in line to join any day. So uh, questions, sir? I laugh because my wife and I were having this exact conversation last night. Our refrigerator died and it's only a year old. Yep. Yep. She called the store from which we purchased it, said, what can you do to help me out? We have no refrigerator. It's going to be a week until the parts arrive to get it fixed. And the person she said, didn't care. She said, right. Did not care. Right. That we're sitting here without a fridge. So this is deep, a deep issue in a lot of companies, more than you just named. And I think back to a Wall Street Journal article that I've read in the last year that talked about customer service and how there is a race to the bottom, meaning right. companies have the metrics, they have the technology to know by the tone of your voice when you call in how upset you are. And the companies will do the least, will provide the least amount of effort 
on the customer service front just to keep you from leaving the company and no yep. more. That's yep. the that's the bar that's being set. Yep, it's a race for the bottom. It's a race for the bottom. And if you are the company that can create that cult-like culture inside around those areas that you talked about, that's the equivalent of the person who shows up gets the job. Right. You see, I, I, I have this, I, I will make the following observation. Uh, the economy has been, uh, in the domestic U.S. economy uh, has been on a run for 10 years. And, uh, and that's a good thing. But what happens is people get greedy. And I hear it said all the time, as long as there's business out there, the business is hanging there. It's market share, market share, market share, market share, market share. I mean, everything else be damned. Just go out and sell it however you can sell it. Let the other stuff go. So let me tell you when customer service initiatives, serious ones, get undertaken in the way that we've talked about today. I mean, when the bloom is off the rose. I mean, when they're about to go over the edge of a cliff. When the economy gets bad, all of a sudden, some brave companies, if they still have the resources left, say, you know what? We've really blown this thing. On the other hand, um, uh, great companies do this all the time. Do this all the time. They uh, And I see it because I get to be with great companies. In, in fact, I'll tell you this. This is an observation. You know, um, back when I was starting out, when my first book came out and and hit the New York Times bestseller list, all of a sudden, when I tell you that uh, calls were coming in thousands of thousands a year for speeches, uh, it would not be an exaggeration. 30, 40, 50 calls a week. And obviously, you can't do that many speeches a year. And uh, uh, we would end up with uh, some dodgy companies or, or companies that would get to the event and I'd go, no, why am I here? Which led to us creating a set of criteria by which we evaluate everybody on the front side before I ever agree to do anything. But I will tell you this, that um, uh, there are a lot of companies who get it. There really are. And so uh, we're reaffirming what they do keep it on. And, uh, but we're talking to those who, uh, who aren't there yet or who happen to work for companies that aren't there yet. It's, uh, uh, these five things are not that hard. You just, they, they, they have to become the objective. They, they have to become the purpose and you have to do these things. These things do not happen by magic. So true. And those are the companies that are going to be here for the long haul. Yep. They don't have to worry. And those are the companies I'll be writing about. Yep. And those are the companies I'll be writing about in my next book, which uh, I'm I'm just dangling it out there. I'll have something to say about this in in a couple of episodes. I'm excited to hear about that one. Yep. Yep. yep, So am I. So am I. So am I. Cool. All right. Final word for us. Uh, Yeah. You know, I, (laughs) uh, I knew a theologian once and, uh, he said, anytime you hear a priest or uh, a pastor or an imam or whoever it is, a rabbi, uh, giving an impassioned sermon or missive about something, uh, know that there's a, a reason that they have a need to be having this conversation, not only with their congregation, but with themselves. Uh, and I agree with that. So I... Um, so, so my final thought, I, I wrote it very quickly yesterday, starve your distractions and feed your focus. 
I mean, if you starve your distractions and you feed your focus, you're going to get everything done. Uh, but, but the admission I have to make is this. I, you know, I struggle like everybody else. Uh, sometimes I get distracted. And when I find out that I get distracted, I'm just so upset with myself about why I allowed that to happen. But I, but I, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's part of being human. Uh, so when you find yourself doing that, just say to yourself, starve your distractions and feed your focus, starve your distractions and feed your focus and say it over and over and over again. And it will become you. Two important senses to remember. Yep. And it's we a always, struggle. We only talk about stuff that's important to remember. This is true. This is true. I am so looking forward to doing the upcoming summit with you. I, um, um, it's, uh, uh, I'm getting very, very excited. So I've got a couple of very exciting months ahead of me uh, with, uh, uh, with work on the new book and getting the agenda set for the summit and, and speeches. And, uh, and we will get it all done as long as I starve my distractions and feed my focus and be in the gym six days a week. Okay. We'll see you there. Mm-hmm. I'll remind our listeners, subscribe in the iTunes store at jason-jennings.com. Also, wherever you like to listen to this podcast, if you are not subscribed already, you can do so. It's super easy. While you're there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. Why? Well, it helps others find this fantastic content that is very memorable. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today is called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how you're group or company can have Jason keynote your next event, visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to the Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.